Hi, uh, Brian Parker here again. Um, based on popular demand and big demand that it is, uh, I'm still being asked to do more information on repossessions. Uh, and then I thought, do I have any more in the tank? And in the tank, uh, see the video about me suing because of the gas tank. <laughs> um, I have one other video that I can do, and it may be the best one as far as I've counseled you to do things in the other videos that don't bear immediate fruit or bore, bear immediate fruit. If you did what I told you to do, and you don't have to follow me, you can do whatever you want to do, there will be great gains to be made. So if I was to title this video, it would be how to be back the victimization of the debtor. What I mean by that is repossessions are the ultimate victimization. We have a great dependency on the vehicle and to have it taken away, all is lost. This is what we use to make money, to feed our family, to get to places we need to get to. Uh, but along with that victimization is an element of the victimizers, meaning the people that are coming after you in the car are generally not nice people. And they're going to cut corners because people that aren't nice or kind of bad or rude don't respect law, due process, things like that. And it's an over oversimplification. However, the uh, victimization can sometimes come through nuance or subtleties. But my point is, you are looked upon lower than the average debtor, the way a debt collector looks at a debtor. They've got you. And you can tell in your interactions with repo companies or the people representing the bank, they're just not nice people and you're not getting anything coming back where you're going to feel happy. They're going to be victimizing you. So at the end of this, you're going to hopefully feel like you are no longer a victim. At the end of this, meaning this last video I'm going to do on repossession, the two words I've used through the first three videos are deficiency judgment. And we'll put up, Shazam, what a deficiency judgment is. It, essentially, there's a deficiency in what the car is valued at when it's sold after the repossession and what is owed on the loan. That gap is called the deficiency judgment. The legal approach and the proper approach, approach the statutory approach, often is quite different than what you're being given as how much you owe. They're seeking to get a generally a non-court created deficiency judgment. It's now a debt. They're coming after you for that debt amount. They can either mean the creditor through a debt collector or a debt buyer that has bought the debt. The deficiency of judgment is now coming after you. Either one, you will be less of a victim. But this company's coming after me and suing me. I'm even more of a victim. No, you're not. I don't counsel this as an option for anyone, but being sued sometimes is the best thing that can happen in a debt collection situation. Once a creditor sells that debt and they actually make money or 
profit off it or hold the amount lost against their profits. Nobody really cares. The person that bought the debt or the debt collector is going to seek the full amount knowing full well that is an owed. But if they get a default against you, they can certainly get that. So you would do well to be sued in these situations. Uh, it's sort of a one step backwards, two step forwards. What I counsel you in those, I'm going to try and speed this up because I'm talking slowly. But what I counsel you to do in the before and after letters is before you know of an impending repossession, I gave you a letter to send out. And that puts the burden of them to show why they own the debt to pursue you as they're doing. If you've already been repoed and you're coming to my video for the first time, I'm presenting you with an after letter. So either category of person can have a before or after letter. And it's again, placing a burden on the bad guy to produce proof that you owe the debt or if it's after the repo, tell me about the sale. What are my redemption options? Did you notify me within the statutory amount of time that I had a right to attend either a public or a private sale? Was it a private sale? Was it a public sale? You will be surprised about getting back to what I originally said, that lower element that is in the collection of the deficiency of repos. They will cut corners. That's why you, you don't want to be sued, but you also don't want to be pursued. It's better to be sued than it is to be pursued. Pursued keeps open options to sue you or put it on your credit report or do other mean things to you. Sued actually eliminates their options against you and now they have to prove what you asked them to prove in the before and after letters. So while you may not have taken great comfort in those before and after letters that I told you about, they will bear tremendous fruit in the deficiency judgment collection stage. And this is what this is video is about, the deficiency judgment collection stage. The fruit that you most want or seek will be a memorialization, that's all a boring word, but bear with me, a memorialization of what happened based on your experiences before and after. Part of your memorialization, take a couple of pages to write down what happened before the repo, on the day of the repo, was somebody rough with you, did they pry open the garage? Did they scream obscenities? Did they flash a gun? All this stuff is there. Get it in writing. And that you can compare to their facts and allegations in their lawsuit against you. Facts and allegations in a collection lawsuit never tell you anything. And they're all 90% of the time wrong. And why that is, is... Um, the path from facts and truth to the lawsuit is a long and winding road. Or the path from the company that sold the debt or is seeking a debt collector to service the debt, the facts get lost on the way to the debt collector. And that lawsuit is from a collection attorney who's already overworked and could care less about the facts, etc. generally. Why? He's got a form lawsuit. And again, it's the victimization. They're expecting a high amount of defaults. Probably higher than any other collection lawsuit is the deficiency judgment because 
That deficiency judgment came out of a repossession, lack of payments, maybe a loss of job, just horrible strife that one does not want to deal with anymore. It's a natural human condition. I described to you in the other videos as I've put my head in the ground like an ostrich because I've been through everything you've been through. Frankly, I wish I knew what I know now. Um, and so that's one of the reasons I'm giving this to you. So write down your facts and circumstances, account numbers of your debt, all these things that happened when it happened, and then months later when this lawsuit full of misrepresentation shows up, you're ready. And that before and after letter that you sent out and anything was, that was produced plus your facts and circumstances will go against their complaint of nothing and you can put that into what? Come on. The counter affidavit. See every video I've done on counter affidavits. So write down those actions, have it incorporated, memorialized in your counter affidavit. So the court is looking at bare bones allegations of some debt owed to your beautiful counter affidavit, detailed, chronological. And by the way, you're attaching to your counter affidavit those before and after letters, any proof of your position versus this collection lawsuit, which is one of a thousand which oftentimes is just presented to the attorney in a room. Sign, 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 sign. Maybe that happens. Anyway, so I want you to take counter comfort in your counter affidavit. Those letters, those responses, your recollections, your memorialization of having experienced the actual event. By the way, if you're all pissed off and angry and victimized, don't have anger come through, but take comfort in that you are taking a good step where you could have this debt severely discounted or eliminated if you not necessarily listen to me, just follow somebody that's doing a video right now as advice. Uh, they, when they sue you, that is the best thing. Why? Because they have an elevated burden of proof now, which they ignore because you're just a victim and they've got thousands of lawsuits and they don't add the proper proof. Somebody else is doing that and the attorney just comes along, okay. And so my mantra still applies here. My mantra from other, is it mantra or mantra? My instructions and directions from other videos is the following, obviously. Use their lack of documents or lies or false documents against them. It works in every debt by lawsuit and this is all that is. So if you get a collection letter, use the validation letter requesting proof of their right to sue you and of securitization. Look at your credit report. I know from my own experience, that's the last place I wanna look when I'm going through troubles. I need a, a documented reminder of the bad things that are happening in my life? No, but it will set you free in the following ways. If you, look at your credit, there will be all these entities that are claiming ownership of your debt, certain amounts, and it's gonna all be largely wrong, because it can't be right. It's a, I guess it can be, but things will get whacked out because no one takes great care when they assume that the victim is not caring. So they don't take great care, these are bad people, so, um, Check your credit report. It could be your friend as much as we, 
I've been in that situation like all my clients. It's not good to go pull your credit report. Um, but you're looking for other information that twists and turns away from what is now being represented as a gospel in a lawsuit, and you're going to find it. It's great for you. And I'm accumulating all the good things that are going to happen that are happening in your favor now on the other side of this crappy situation for a reason. Stay with me. At the end, you'll be no longer a victim. Here's a cool thing. They'll have a bill of sale saying, we took the vehicle, we sold it. Check it for specificity as the owner's right to have originally sued you. Who's claiming ownership of this debt? Separate from the vehicle sometimes, often. I want to show you something about what I've told you about in the past and I'm telling you now. Check out your loan agreement and compare it to the bill of sale that you're going to get from the sale of the repoed vehicle and compare and contrast as to what they're saying, what they did, is it the right vehicle, do they have the right to own it. Sometimes there isn't a right to own that vehicle and sell it and the loan agreement actually says that. How is that possible? I'm going to show you page one of a, a retail installment contract Typical, typically signed by people buying and financing vehicles. Shazam, that's page one. Look at the bottom. I'm going to read. The original document is owned by Westlake Services LLC. In my case, by the way, there was a, even another entity of Westlake. And here, doing business as Westlake Financial Services is held by it as custodian on behalf of Wells Fargo Bank, agent and secured party. Why is Wells Fargo in this? Because they're not in anywhere in the security agreement. By the way, this was <laughs> during litigation, this was given to me by mistake. The actual thing they gave me on the complaint did not have the proof that I just read to you. Someone had blanked it out, so, I, so who, for some reason they didn't want anybody seeing it. Hmm. But this tells you that the debt was securitized. Wells Fargo is here is an agent as part of the secured party. Who is the secured party? There's a number of elements to this. So it's quite possible whoever sold your car does not have an assignment or an ownership or transfer document from Wells Fargo or whoever the debt buyer is, the debt buyer won't have the true ownership of this. It's, it's, not often pushed. It, it's pushed if, if you hire me or if you listen to me. Because they're still doing stuff like the old ways. But I want you to look at the page two. And there's several pages of this, but I just want you to see the two pages. Shazam page two. And you will see, in this case, at the very top left, Assignment. This contract and security agreement is assigned to Westlake Financial. The original contractor, the original lender, immediately assigned this, they say, to Westlake Financial. In my case, without being too specific, this wasn't even who ended up coming after my client. And it was a pseudonym for a DBA, and it was already securitized. And again, at the bottom of this, this second page, again, they're referencing Wells Fargo Bank that is not in this 
sales agreement. So why are they there now? Because it's been securitized. All right. So that will give you both proof that if you sent a validation letter and they half-ass responded, that they half-ass responded, proof that somebody else has an ownership interest and now someone else is coming along to sue you, they don't have standing, that's an affirmative defense. So that check, that check of the sale of the vehicle can bear you tremendous fruit. A couple of things to look at. When they sold the vehicle, did they obtain proper value? Did they ignore you and give you proper notice that the sale was going to occur and then sold it for less value? So check your Kelly Blue Book and mirror it against what they sold the vehicle for and who was there to buy it and who bought it. Was it a private sale when the statute required a public sale? Check that out. Again, check your repo statute. Did the, advertisement se- <laughs> did the advertisement selling the vehicle, telling people to come to the auction, which you didn't receive, or even if you did, did it play down the assets of your car? Maybe you modernized it or added things to it, or it was just a good car, and they sold it for way less. Check Bet Kelly Blue Book again. Kelly Blue Book, the outline showing how much your vehicle is very worth, again, that should be slammed against your counter affidavit too. You could have a nice little defense in the counter affidavit, and you haven't, got, you haven't even gotten to your answer yet. The court could be very educated as to the bad things that the other side de- did. And as I wrap this video up, I'm going to show you how you're going to go from the victim and being victimized to perhaps victimizing them. You'll see. Um, did they wait a while before they sold your vehicle? Thus. All the interest and charges built up against you, so the deficiency judgment was going to happen because perhaps you owed $2,000 when they took the vehicle and they waited and now the amount you owed built up and the value that they could sell it for went down. So therefore, you owe a greater amount because they delayed. I I had a thought all of a sudden. With our current economic situation the last three years promoting the incredible inflation of car prices, repos should not be giving that much of a deficiency judgment compared to the loan because there aren't enough used cars and the prices are through the roof. So Kelly Blue Book is the way to go or a Carfax or some service like that that is current to what's happening in the car buying world today. So that's a friend too. You could show the court not only did they undersell it, but it's worth X and you are entitled to money. And guess what? Now you can counterclaim them. And I would argue under Michigan statute and a number of other states, if they did something nefarious so that you ended up owing them when really they owe you, that's conversion. So you can go in on them after them for three times the value of what they converted. That's a statute. And the statute actually says you get three times. It's it's the same statute as I said before. Gosh darn it. I think it's 600.2919A, I believe. If I'm wrong, Shazam, I'll put the real one up on the screen there. It's triple damages plus your attorney fees and costs. So you can go to an attorney and go, look, they're going to pay your attorney 
fees and costs if I'm right. And maybe you're dealing with the attorney and he won't take any money from you because of the great value you're going to get. And between the two of you, you can work it out. So that's access to an attorney just by using your statute. Um, again, back to the victimization as I bring this to a close. No care is taken because you are a victim. They figure you're, you could care less. So that door swings both ways now. What is to be gained from what I'm telling you? Showing this to the attorney or the debt collector, all the work you did, your counter affidavit, all the proof, how they can be on the hook for you for converting something by not respecting the Kelly Blue Book and inflated values that are used prices today. You're no longer the victim, man. You can go in and bully them into a drastic settlement, elimination of the debt, or they kind of owe you some money. So you can settle this or get this debt or lawsuit eliminated depending on what approach they're taking with you and no longer be victimized. So use their ignorance and deceit against them. If you shine a light on that, they will want to scurry back under the rock. And in the meantime, they will want to buy your flashlight. So use all this information from the previous videos, but really this incorporates everything I want you to do when you're right now feeling like crap and you feel victimized. Just lift your head up. As I always counsel, step back. If you're going about to be punched and you want to punch back, this is the worst position you can take. There's no leverage, there's no torque. But if you step back and you have to punch, you can also block and then torque your body quickly. That metaphor, metaphorically, is how I want you to behave. Just, you, someone's taking a swing at you. It's not a good thing, so you may as well act accordingly. Follow my advice if you wish. I'm not telling you how to run your life or your law. It's there to help you. This video hopefully helps. I really hope it does, because I've been in your situation. And frankly, I wish I knew, and I'm pointing because I got my show notes attached to my lamp. I wish I knew all this and someone was there for me. And I'm giving this to you. So I hope this helps and I think it will. Just hang in there, man. So this is the fourth and probably final video for now of uh, repossession as far as uh, deficiency judgments are concerned. Thank you. I hope it helped. Comment, like, whatever you need to do. Let me know if you need me to elaborate on more stuff. Thank you very much.